Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's Red Sox Review on WEEI. All right, welcome in. Brian Barrett, 617-779-7937, the number. We're taking you all the way up until midnight. All right, so obviously the big story in this game is the fact that Cutter Crawford goes back out there for the bottom of the seventh inning. So let's hear from the manager right away because obviously he's going to have an explanation for the decision there. They put a good bats. I mean, uh, obviously where we were bullpen-wise, uh, we're – a little bit limited, whatever, and he was throwing the ball well. So we, we rolled the dice with him. It was kind of like Cutter, Schreiber, uh, uh, Tanner, but it just didn't happen. Schreiber obviously been so good for so long, and, you know, it's kind of almost a matter of time, it seemed like. Yeah, he's, he slipped on the, on the hit-by pitch, right? I mean, he slipped on it, and then uh, you know, they just put the ball in play. Uh, Yandy, he gets jammed, the ball goes over the infielders. You know, it's just one of those, you know, they, they just put good at bats, move the ball around, and then that was going five, five. Do you think it was his ankle when he went down, or what were you... Uh, no, I, I was just checking on him. It just, there was a big hole on the mound, and uh, he was just landing awkward, so, you know, just checking on him. We got to make sure he was healthy. You said you rolled the dice. I mean, how much, how much did you weigh whether to kind of take him out there or, or put him back cutter? In that situation, no, he was throwing the ball well. It just happened fast, you know. But, uh, you know, um, knowing what we, where we're going tomorrow, you know, we were thinking of being aggressive with with Shriver and Tanner, but we, we didn't get to Tanner. Talked about yesterday, you know, the raising 27 ounces. Does that sort of go through your mind when you sort of have... When you start going, you know, well, actually, you know, you got to play 27 outs, right? And they're going to put good at bats and... They, they actually I feel better today than yesterday. You know, I think yesterday we beat ourselves. We didn't play good baseball today. We did. You know, they just put good at bats in that inning. But uh, as far as the effort and everything, the at bats we were a lot better. So, you know, I know it sucks that we lost. You know, and we got swept here. But you know, the way we played today was a lot better. You know, we still obviously upset that we lost the game. But moving forward, this is the way we should play, and we're gonna be okay. Did Verdugo have a play at the plate there, maybe, or did you want Rafi to cut that ball? I mean, yeah. I mean, in, in that situation, you got to free out at second, right? You know, and, and can you, you see the runner? You see what you got in front of you. Rafi sees the runner by him. He cuts it and goes to second. You know, it's a decision he has. He makes. You know, you can like assume that he's going to be safe at the plate, and then there's a runner at second. It just happened that you know we were late with the throw to second, but it doesn't matter. 
three games left before the break. I mean, how do you, how do you keep this kind of series from deflating guys? We'll be okay. We'll be okay. I mean, like I said, you know, we play some good baseball today. We put good at bats. We battle. You know, I get, I know, you know, we lost, but, you know, compared to yesterday and the last few days, you know, today was a better effort. You know, I think uh, we played some clean baseball. We made pitches, you know, obviously one bad inning, but overall it was a better effort than yesterday. Schreiber hasn't given up a run since May. I mean, you know. Kind of hard to expect the guy's going to go it to happens, season. right? I mean, everybody in, in this game, you're going to give up runs, you know. And, and they, you know, Yandy puts the ball in play, it's a jam shot over the second baseman, and has a, that's how they score. They win the other way. So, give him credit, you know, for the bats they put, but uh, you know, we still trust the kid. All right, so that was the manager Alex Cora after the game, and that's what he had to say on the Red Sox post game show presented by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store and NissanUSA.com. All right, so if you want to react to anything Alex Cora said and, of course, his decision to let Cutter Crawford go back out there for the seventh inning, 617-779-7937, the number. So I had no problem with Alex Cora whatsoever allowing Cutter Crawford to go back out there for the seventh inning. So a couple of things here. First of all, I understand that if you look at it in terms of the numbers, this was the highest pitch total of his career. His previous high was 88. So, And also the fact that he had only gone through the third time through the lineup three batters. his The entire season, three batters he faced the third time through. So, okay, he was in uncharted territory. But let's also not dismiss the fact that he got the one, the two, and the three hitter already the third time through. And the stuff was still there, right? If you look at him, that at bat that he had to Ramirez, which was in the bottom of the sixth inning, the fastball was still there. In fact, the fastball, if you look at it on the night, it was averaging 94.4 miles per hour. The last two fastballs he threw in that sixth inning to Ramirez, 95 and 94. So right around what his average was for the night. Now, here is the issue I have with Alex Cora is I don't mind that that Crawford went back out there for the seventh. In fact, I thought that at that particular point in time, it was the right move to let Crawford go back out there because what was the reason to take him out of the game? The guy still had his fastball. It would be one thing if he got out of that sixth inning and the velocity had dropped. He still had his fastball at that particular point in time. But here is the issue I have with what Cora did tonight. After Aranda hits the ground rule double, to left field, that's when you got to pull him. Because if you look at that particular at-bat to Aranda, the fastball velocity dips. And like I told you, on the night, the fastball was sitting at 94.4 miles per hour. The two fastballs that he threw there to start off that seventh inning, 93.9 miles per hour and 93 miles per hour. So that's the issue that I have as it pertains to the decision that Cora made tonight. I would not have let him face another batter after that. You have a great reliever, and I know he wasn't spectacular tonight in John Schreiber, but you have faith in that guy. Obviously, he's been the best relief pitcher for the Red Sox all season long. That's the point where I bring him in, because I also look at this and say, the position that Schreiber's in, and like coming into tonight, he had at 14 inherited runners and zero have scored. That's a difficult position even for Schreiber to bring him into the game with the situation that he's dealing with, right? At that particular situation, You're dealing with second and third, nobody out. It's just a bad situation for any reliever to come into. So that's the issue I had with Cora. I had no problem with him whatsoever letting Crawford come out for the seventh inning. I mean, why wouldn't you? The guy was still throwing the ball hard, still had his stuff. It just completely came undone in the seventh inning. So in the seventh inning after the first batter hits the ground rule double 
and the f- fastball velocity dips to 93.9 and 93 when the guy's been over 94, 94.4 average miles per hour throughout the night. That's when you need to make the switch if you're a core. It's not to begin the seventh inning. That wasn't the problem. It's the fact that they did not have Schreiber on the mound for the second batter of the inning. So I had no issue with his original decision to let Crawford go out there. But once you realize that the stuff isn't playing anymore. And remember, he had just reached. He was approaching his season high at that particular point in time as well. So once you get right to that point, that's when you sort of got to think, all right, he hasn't gone through this a lot. He hasn't gone through the order the third time through a lot. He got through the top of the order. Now we're at a spot where, okay, maybe he's fading a little bit. And that first batter of the inning would dictate to you based on the drop in velocity that, hey, that's when we need to make the change. And for some reason, they decided not to go to Schreiber there. And quite frankly, it puts Schreiber in a bad position. It's very difficult. It's nearly impossible to get out of that situation where you come into the game with second and third and nobody out. That's an impossible ask for the best relievers in the sport, period. And Schreiber's up there in terms of one of the best relief pitchers in the sport this year. I get it not by pedigree and not by resume, but just on what he's doing this season, he's up there in terms of the best relievers in the sport. But that, to me, was a situation where it was unfair to Schreiber, and then secondarily and more importantly, Crawford was fading. You needed to get Crawford out of the game after the first batter of the seventh inning. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you all the way up until midnight. So another bad loss for the Red Sox. They go down 5-4 to four to the race. What's your biggest takeaway from this one? And what did you make of the manager's decision to stick with Crawford there in that seventh inning? Let's kick it off tonight with Ken. Ken is in California. Hey, Ken. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, two th- I have two things. One, one for ten with runners in scoring position. Yeah, one it's a for theme. And, uh, uh, bad. And number two, really, I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm watching them say, don't let him go out. But then after the first hit, I exactly 100% agree with what you're saying. After the first hit, you take him out. You put Schreiber in an impossible situation. This is on Cora's head, this loss. No question about it in my mind. Yeah, I'm with you, Ken. I mean, I had no issue with it whatsoever. You want to let him go out for the seventh inning? I would have done the same thing, quite frankly, based on how Crawford looked in the sixth inning. He's still at his good stuff. But once that first batter comes up and you can tell that the velocity's down, the stuff's not playing the way it was, you could tell. In that first at-bat, you could tell that he was done. I still don't know why he didn't pull him. He just said after the game, essentially, that, no, there was no decision there. We weren't thinking about bringing him out. But I think what happened... It was a domino effect. Because you didn't pull Crawford after the first batter, Schreiber's put in a really difficult position. So it really screwed Schreiber more than it actually hurt Crawford in that particular situation. And you could tell Crawford had nothing left. I mean, you go to the Bethancourt at-bat after the at-bat to Aranda, the fastball's at 93. Then you go to the low at-bat, he doesn't have it either in that particular situation. So when you look at it just in terms of the decision-making process, I didn't quite frankly understand why he let him face another batter after the ground rule double. And even if you look at it on the night, he was sitting there the whole time in terms of the average with the cutter at 89.6 miles an hour. And then you look at the last one he threw of the night to low, that's at 87. So the velocity was dipping off off across the board, and he just didn't make the adjustment. And he let him face two extra hitters, and that's where I believe the game was lost, letting him face Bethancourt and letting him face low. And the other thing, Ken, to your point, the runners in scoring position, especially... In the ninth inning, you got an opportunity to win that game, mm-hmm. and the Red Sox could not come through. And it's been a theme in the month of July where this team cannot hit with runners in scoring position. 
I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's awful. You know, and, and Cora has a history. I mean, I've watched him for quite some time of trying to squeeze the last out or the last inning out of a guy. And his comment today was, well, you know, we've got another uh, thing. We got tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. And the bullpen is, you know what? If you win the game today, then you got a 50-50 chance of winning tomorrow. Okay, you might win too. Yeah, but Ken, I, but I think you're I think you're misinterpreting Ken, I think you're misinterpreting his point there. His point was we wanted to be aggressive. We wanted to just go to our two best relievers. We just wanted to go to Schreiber and Tanner Houck. I think that's what his point was. Now I don't know why he didn't go there two batters earlier, but that was his point. I don't think he was saying that he's trying to win tomorrow. That's not how I interpreted his comment there at all. Well, that that's the way I took it. But this one in ten scoring position, this is awful. It's awful. Yeah, it, it can't score runners. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And this is a team. Remember, this is a team that everybody said, including Cora and and the general manager. Um, you know, well, we're gonna hit. We're gonna hit. They're not hitting. Not at all. It's an ugly situation right now, Ken. And I appreciate the call. His line's open. If you want to grab it, at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Another thing, and a side note on this is. I have no idea, and if you do want to weigh in on the decision that Cora made to leave Crawford back out there to face the second and the third batter of that seventh inning, certainly can. I had no issue with him coming back out for that inning, as I'll continue to harp on tonight. I felt that was the right decision by Cora, but when you get the new information that Crawford's stuff's not there anymore, when the fastball dips well below what he was throwing on the night, it dips to 93.9 and 93. When he was sitting at 94.4, that's when you need to make the adjustment and get him out of the game for the second batter of that inning. That's the problem I had. Not sending him back out there for the seventh inning because I don't think anybody listening tonight and anybody that watched that game tonight would have told you after the sixth inning it's time to take Crawford out of the game. The kid was absolutely rolling. He still had his stuff in the sixth inning. So anybody that says, hey, you should have just taken him out to begin the seventh inning, I don't buy into that whatsoever. Now, I guess it'd be a totally different conversation if the Red Sox had three great relievers, but they only have two right now with the situation with Garrett Whitlock. And I would really only say one great reliever this year in Schreiber. Hulk's good. He's not, like, unbelievably reliable right now at this particular point in time. So I didn't have an issue with what Cora did whatsoever, except in terms of bringing him back out for the seventh. But once you get to that second batter after the velocity's down, you got to go to Schreiber there. And I really feel like Schreiber was put in a bad position. I don't care how good you are in terms of stranding inherited runners. That's a very difficult ask. And Schreiber, it felt like to me, that was a difficult situation for him. But can we also talk about what the hell happened in the ninth inning? First of all, and you give Verdugo credit because this guy continues to come up with clutch hits. But I felt like Verdugo could have played, made a play earlier in that game in left field in that seventh inning. It looks like he was jogging there. or I don't know if there's something going on with Verdugo. It feels like right now everybody on this particular team is hurt. But anyway, Verdugo, after Bogart singles on a changeup, Verdugo comes up. He doubles on a changeup. All right, so you're cooking with gasoline here. It's a 5-4 game, and you got a guy on second base with nobody out. But I don't know... To me, it felt like, and maybe this is just my perception watching the game on TV, and maybe you disagree, I don't know what Verdugo was doing coming out of the box. It appeared to me that the guy was jogging. It felt like, from my perspective, and maybe he's banged up, but if he's banged up, I totally understand this, because you look at a guy like Devers is banged up as well. But it felt like Verdugo was not going as hard as he could have out of the box. It appeared that Verdugo thought he hit a home run. It's a lot different if you have Verdugo on third in that particular situation rather than second. But the point anyway is Vasquez pinch hits. He gets underneath a four-seamer late 
He's late on it, so he pops it up to the catcher. But the point being, the 2-0 pitch, it's right down the middle of the plate. It's a 2-0 four-seamer, middle-middle, that Vasquez does nothing with in terms of, if you look at that particular at-bat with Vasquez, I don't know what the hell he's doing there. Ends up fouling out to the catcher, but if you look at it in terms of that foul ball he had prior to that, that's the pitch to hit. It's middle-middle, and he just misses it, fouls it off, misses it. And then with Ploiecki, like I understand ultimately, he ends up walking, but same thing with him. 2-0 four-seamer, almost middle-middle, a little bit up in the zone. He's got to connect on that. And I know like he's not a great hitter and all that. I'm not telling you that I expect Ploiecki to hit the ball out of the ballpark. But when you're in the leverage situation, as was Vasquez, it's a 2-0 count. Both those guys, for the sake of argument, they get four-seamers, middle-middle, and Beeks did not have it. I think we can all agree on that. you got to do something with that. And then enough with the ball with the dollback thing. And I get it. you got nobody else on the bench. And think about this. Jackie Bradley Jr. is coming up in the ninth inning. He's a lefty that doesn't hit righties, and he doesn't hit lefties, obviously. And there's a lefty on the mound of Beeks. And the only right-handed hitter you have left on the bench is Bobby Dahlback because Trevor's story's down. He's dealing with an injury at this particular point in time. And then we know the situation with Arroyo, which is a totally different conversation as well as it pertains to Arroyo because he's supposed to be this, like, super utility guy. And I like him when he's actually playing. But the problem is with Arroyo, he's never playing. So the only guy you have available to pinch hit is Bobby Dahlback. And what does Bobby Dahlback do? Oh, shocker. He strikes out. Swings at a ball that he had no chance hitting whatsoever. And that's how Bobby Dahlback operates. He strikes out. That's all he does. He strikes out. If you look at it on the season, there's five hitters in the entire sport that are striking out more often against left-handed pitchers. He's striking out now after tonight over 33% of the time against left-handed pitchers. He's supposed to be able to hit lefties. He can't even do that. So that's the guy that Cora is left with to pinch hit in that particular game. Now, like I said, I blame Cora partially for this loss because of what transpired with leaving Crawford out to face the second batter. You got new information. You got to adjust there. Crawford doesn't have it anymore after the first batter. That's fine. I had no issue with him coming back out there. His stuff was great still in the sixth inning. Still had his good fastball at the end of the sixth inning, but you cannot let him face a second batter in the seventh. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Lola in Maine. Hey, Lola. Hey. How you doing? I Good. I just I can't get over the whole roll the dice thing and then leaving them in too long. How many managers have to leave them in too long? Like, you're like, pull them, and they don't pull them. And then here we go. They leave them in there, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, maybe we'll do better tomorrow. It's like I'm a diehard Red Sox fan, and I'm sick and tired of these managers who are like, it will try one more time. One more time to lose the game that looks like we were going to win. Yeah, Lola. Yeah, Lola, I had a massive issue with the decision process tonight, but I don't know how many times this season I've really looked at Cora as the problem when it comes to a tactical thing. Do you think there's a lot of examples of that this year? I, I look at tonight's game, and yeah, I've said it. I wouldn't have let him face the second batter of the seventh inning after the velocity's down. But I can't think of a lot of times this season where it was Cora's fault that they lost a game or Cora played a role in the loss. I, I can't remember too many times that that's happened this year. Well, what the hell's happening with the hitting and then the yeah. jogging? What's with the jogging? You, I don't you know, know what that was. You so you, no you thought, what. Yeah, you thought that too, Lola, right? You thought that Verdugo was jogging out of the box like he hit a home run? I do. I yeah. did, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know. And 
Look, maybe he'll be asked about it after the game. I haven't seen him up here talking to the media yet, but I don't know what happened there. It felt like to me that he was jogging coming out of the box. I felt that way tonight. And Lola, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Her line's open at 617-779-7937. And like I said, we can be objective about this. Cora, I felt like, made a mistake tonight by letting Crawford face the second guy. But to Lola's original point about the managers rolling the dice and all that, I can't think of too many other times this year where I've come on this show, and I'm pretty much on after every Red Sox game, where I felt like the manager made a mistake in the game or the manager didn't do the right thing. Now, one other example of that that I can think of recently is I don't know why he went to Strom instead of Brazier the other night. Brazier has been much better than Strom. Strom has not been good lately. But overall, the manager's been pretty good for this team this season. I think most of us would agree on that. It's tonight I had an issue with what he did. I also don't know what the hell Verdugo's doing. It felt like to me he thought he hit a home run. 617-779-7937, Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. the number. Let's get to Mike in Connecticut. Hey, Mike. Let me, let me tell you something. It was a 50-50 call to have him go off to start the inning. I'll give you that because he, he did pitch a good six inning, so far as he ever pitched. But after that first hit, I saw, okay, the kid pitched a good game. He's taking him out. Yep. Then after the second hit when he didn't take him out, I said, maybe he's, maybe he's sleeping or he's drunk. But then when he let him give up three hits, I says, this is unbelievable, Brian. Yeah. He, he has to take the blame for it. Yeah, I think, I think it got he away from to. him, Mike. Uh, I'm with you. I think it yeah. got away from him. And I, I I was with Cora to bring him back out for the seventh because the stuff was still there it in the was, sixth. It was 50-50. That's a coin flip. But for, the first guy smashed the ball off. He's got to come out there. But to let him give him three hits is terrible. But, Brian, I, I want to see Dahlbeck and Frenchie Cordero bat about as much as I want to lay in the weeds in Kansas and have a tornado come. I mean, <laughs> they are up. Yeah, I'm they with you, Mike. I can't do it anymore. Brian, I'm, I'm not kidding you because I love to talking to you, but I'm not going to get a stroke over these guys. I mean, they're nah, not Dahlbeck. even Dahlbeck is absolutely Brian. atrocious. Did, did Mike, did you and, think and, there was it, any chance that he was putting the ball in play? None. 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 I'm with you. I mean, None. look at the pitch he swung okay. at, too. It's not even close. It's At this point, Mike, I almost legitimately feel bad for the guy. Like, it just feels like he's in his own head. It's never going to work here. It's He had one good yeah. month. It's not going to work. Yeah, and maybe it. with the new set of scenery, maybe he goes somewhere else, like no, a small market. Yeah, maybe he figures you know it out. David Ortiz, you know what David Ortiz, today? David Ortiz said today? A lot of people can't play in Boston. Yeah. And good players, when they come over. Right, and let's face it, has Cordero, Cordero even fouled off a ball this week? I mean, they're both terrible. No, I he's mean, uh, Franchi, uh, Franchi, to your point, yeah. in the month of July has been absolutely atrocious. Oh, he has been absolutely right. horrible in July. They, there's got to be some serious changes. I mean, I know there's really nothing they can do now. There's only three, but uh, you can see Downs is overmatched. They're just, you can't, the Boston Red Sox, a billion-dollar organization should not be putting out a lineup like that. It's a disgrace, Brian. The yeah. New York Yankees would never have uh, field a team like the Red Sox are fielding. It's a joke. Mike, you know what? Entering tonight, Franchi Cordero's strikeout rate was in the month of July, 45.5%. Only two guys in the entire yeah, sport are worse than him this month. He's not right. He's not hitting I mean, anything. I, I mean, I know last night the guy is a tremendous pitcher, but let's face it. These other three pitchers, I mean, you know, they're not Tom Seaver that that they're going against. <laughs> this is 
This, yeah, I mean, Jalen Beeks is out football. there. That's a, that's a matchup, and Mike, I appreciate the call. Yeah. That's that's a matchup that he should be able to handle, but he can't. He should be able to handle a lefty. It's Jalen Beeks' stuff's fine. It's not overwhelming. You just saw another lefty, Alex Verdugo, almost take it out of the ballpark. You saw Xander Bogarts crush it. Like It wasn't like the stuff was incredible from Beeks tonight. It's just, Dahlbeck can't hit. He's in his own head. I'm sure he's overwhelmed at this particular point in time. Move on from him. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you all the way up until midnight. Okay, so if you do want to get to the core decision tonight, do you think the manager made a mistake by leaving Crawford in that game? 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight here on EI. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Kane is in the building. All right, we're taking you up until midnight. Brian Barrett with you. It is kind of funny that... Not funny. I should say it this way. It's kind of embarrassing. And look, some of this tonight, obviously, is due to injuries. You don't have Arroyo. You don't have Trevor Story, who's dealing with that hand injury. And by the way, Arroyo injured again. The guy's always hurt. He made a plastic. I don't know what the hell's wrong with that guy. Drink some milk. That guy is always hurt. And look, I don't like to take shots on guys that are injured. But the reality is this. He's supposed to be a super utility guy, and he's never available. If he's playing tonight... Maybe he's the pinch hitter, or maybe Jeter Downs is the pinch hitter, and maybe you don't have to have Bobby Dahlback pinch hitting off the bench. The reality is this. Bobby Dahlback pinched hit for Jackie Bradley Jr. tonight. Think about that. It's like, ah, well, it is a lefty, so let's go with Bobby. And look, Cora made the right decision. I mean, Jackie's going to strike out, too. It just, Dahlback absolutely sucks, and that was embarrassing tonight, seeing Dahlback come in and strike out the way he did. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Wally in Fall River. Wally. What's up, 
Brian. I don't know what to say anymore. I'm dumbfounded. But do we have to go to Yankee Stadium? Can we start the break earlier? I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. But uh, I don't agree with Cora's move. Like you said, he should have pulled him right after he got that hit. He got, but uh, Cora evidently tried to squeeze another inning out of him in the backfire. But, uh, you know, as far as his team, I mean, uh, the bottom of the order, he might as well set up the bat boy and the clubhouse attendant to pinch hit. You ain't going to get nothing from these guys. I mean, we've known that for a long time. But uh, as far as Hyam Bloom, there's four more guys I'm adding to my wish list. Okay. Charlie Blackman, Jorge Soler, Joey Votto, and maybe we can get Ben Intendi back. But uh, this team right now is really in a, you know, in a bad spot mentally and all that. But... Uh, it's going to be hard to go into Yankee Stadium and win two out of three the way they're playing right now, Brian. I think it's going to be hard to win one, Wally. Now, the good thing is you do get Nate back tomorrow, which is obviously good. Chris Sale's going to be pitching on Sunday. That's a good thing. So I guess if you're looking for a positive. Now, Pavetta's going to pitch in this series as well. These should be your three best pitchers, but Pavetta has not been good the last two times out. Right, but you know as, as well as I do, we had a chance in the ninth inning. We just, you know, just leaving yeah. men on base, and you had the wrong guys up there. But uh, Yeah, unprofessional at-bats, though, Wally. That's the problem I have with that. Unprofessional at-bats from Vasquez. Right, and... right. It's hard to sweep a four-game series, but, uh, you know, the Rays get the pitching. I mean, you have to give them credit. They don't have a powerful lineup, but they managed to get the job done. Yeah, well, Wally, it's a good point. I appreciate the call, my friend. Uh, as for the Benintendi thing, I don't th- see a reunion here, especially considering Bloom traded the guy away. I don't see him trading back for him. Joey Votto, I don't see that one happening. Joey Votto's played in like 64, so yeah, 64 games this season. He's hitting 211. And I get it, it's for a reputation situation if you're bringing him. But you may need to add more guys than just a first baseman and just a reliever at this particular point in time. And with Solaire, he's hitting two seventeen this year. We do know he has some power. He's got 13 home runs. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing in a guy like that. It's not going to cost you a lot to bring in a guy like Jorge Solaire if that's the guy you're looking at. I'm looking at C.J. Crone. I'm looking at Josh Bell. I'm looking at David Robertson. I'm looking at Daniel Bard. Those are the type of guys I'm looking at. Give me a real reliever and get me a first baseman. It's embarrassing right now what the Red Sox are doing from a first base perspective. If you look at the numbers in the month of July, the Red Sox first baseman have been absolutely atrocious. Uh, atrocious, rather. So if you just go by the position, Red Sox first baseman in the month of July, they're striking out 44.9% of the time. That's last in baseball. Forty. Think about that. 44.9% of the time, Red Sox first baseman are striking out this month. If you look at it in terms of how often they're swinging and missing or taking a strike, it's called called strike plus whiff rate, where they're at in the month of July, 36.5%. The second worst team is at 30.7%. The Red Sox are at 36.5%. They're striking out left and right. It's flat out embarrassing. If you look at it in terms of their batting average this month, <laughs> not that anybody thought that would be super high based on the fact that it's Franchi and it's Bobby Dahlback, but that's also atrocious. They're hitting 188. That's 27th in the month. Their on-base percentage is 263. They're slugging 333. This is an offensive position. They're giving you no offense. Let's get to Jack and Pembroke. Okay, hey, Jack. Good evening, uh, Brian. I just want to agree with you. Uh, a move should have been definitely made in the seventh. I think the uh, they should have made the move to stop in the seventh. The Tampa had their two, three, four hitters coming up. They're uh, only hitters in the whole lineup. And uh, Schreiber hadn't thrown no, one four, inning on They had two, four, five, six. Starting the inning? Yeah, you're talking about the seventh inning. Yes. 
Yes, it was Aranda, Bethancourt, and Lowe. Oh, okay. And they pinch hit even, they pinch hit Chang for a Bethancourt. Okay. Uh, even so, uh, Schreiber had only thrown 11 pitches on Tuesday. He hadn't pitched from Saturday. And uh, the uh, starter, he hasn't gone more than five and a third inning and thrown more than any yeah, pitches that was, in that any was, of his start. Yes, that was a career high. But, Jack, if you watch the yeah. sixth inning, his velocity yeah. was still there. In the sixth inning, he threw his last two fastballs, 95-94. On the night, he's yeah. throwing 94.4. The first batter yeah. of the seventh inning, Aranda, it's down to 93.993. That's when you make the move. I have no problem with Corey giving him another batter in that seventh inning, but no, I, it's uh, the second I and the third batter. Yes, I uh, definitely agree with the move should have been made, but I think the st- who's the best seventh inning reliever in baseball right now? Every game that Schreiber comes in, he comes in and pitches the seventh. Yeah, and Jack, so I thought it was a t- uh, yeah, it, w- because I thought they I, they felt like didn't you think Crawford still had it? Why did you, why would you want to go right to Schreiber if you think Crawford still has it? If you're Alex Cora and you see this guy still throwing ninety five, <laughs> he had just had a one two three inning. Why would you think he couldn't do it again? He just because went. It was into the seventh inning. Yeah, but Jack, he, he never just threw Jack, that many he, pitches. he just went through one, two, three in the order. So what's the I harm in giving that. him another batter? Okay. No, we, we can agree to disagree. I just think he's the best seventh inning reliever. He's thrown eleven pitches in five days. Why not start off a clean inning with him, and he can bring Hauk in for two? I think that was should have been their plan anyway. But one other point on Dahlbeck. Sure. In his last ten games, he struck out once in at least the ten games. And he struck out 16 times in his 31 at bats uh, in the last 10 games. Yeah, he does not believe on a major league roster anywhere. I agree. He can't play defense. He can't. They put him at third base, and that was a joke. Balls were going by and left and right. And he couldn't catch a pop up, Jack. Either remember that? I know it. <laughs> Neither <laughs> could the other guy, uh, Franchi. <laughs> but no, I blame that. I blame that situation on Bloom, though. You have to have. Uh, major League yeah. first base. No, that, that's definitely on Bloom, Jack, because here's the thing. Here was the plan coming into the season. Travis Shaw, remember, he was the backup first baseman. And the plan yes. coming into the season was that Bobby Dahlback was going to play 80 to 85% of the games. Now, maybe they were hoping at some point Cassis is going to be ready. But remember, Cassis went down for, with an injury. He's still rehabbing right now. But they got rid of Shaw yeah. because Shaw couldn't hit. And then they realize, okay, again, we're in the same position we were last year. We're screwed at first base. So we at least need yep. somebody that can hit against right-handed pitching because Dahlbeck's got no chance against righties. So they take a guy in right. Franchi Cordero that's an outfielder, and they turn him into a first baseman. It's like it's almost disrespectful to the position to just think anybody can play there. But this is now two consecutive years that Bloom has done this crap. He did it last year. Schwarber wasn't a first baseman. Now, he yep. hit for you that Certainly worked. The guy was incredible from an offensive perspective. But they continue to just disrespect the position. They don't think it's a real position. I don't know how else to interpret it. They don't think it's a real position. <laughs> like We've never had a first baseman in the history of the Boston Red Sox who's been a superstar. <laughs> you know, Unbelievable. But, no, anyway, I... Hopefully, uh, you know, maybe with the starters coming back and we can get some of the starters that are pitching good now into the bullpen, that will help on both sides. Well, yeah, and now, uh, like, Jack, on a positive note from tonight, the Crawford thing's a major development because even though he lost it in the seventh inning, he was great for six consecutive innings, and he had been great his Mm -hmm. last two outings. He had given up one earned over his last ten and a third. He was big in that game that you beat the Yankees. Of course, he started that one. He was in that game July 4th as the bulk guy where you beat the race. So this is a real thing. And if your starting rotation is going to look like this, Avaldi, Pavetta, in no particular order, Sale, Walker's coming back, Rich Hill's coming back. Okay, well, then Crawford's a really nice piece to have 
be a bulk guy coming out of the bullpen and give you innings. Like, that's a really nice development. The problem is, Jack, in the meantime, watching these games, it's freaking painful. Oh. <laughs> that loss the other night, too, the 3-2 loss was a joke. I don't think... Oh, the, the sale game. The sale game, right? You're talking about? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was the he worst, You should have Jack. brought in Schreiber early then, but who you know, <laughs> Maybe we're nitpicking, but yeah. the bullpen is atrocious. Yeah, and that's Probably. another thing to, like, defend Cora in some sense, Jack, and I appreciate the call. It's another thing to defend Cora about. If he had a lockdown guy, three lockdown guys, Schreiber and two other guys, because Hulk's good. He's not a lockdown guy at this particular point in time. I like him. I'm just telling you, if Whitlock was available, maybe... All right, then you got a lot easier decision to take Crawford up. But I had no issue with Crawford coming back out for the seventh. But after the velocity's down against Saranda, you're going to get him out of the game. Bottom line, I will not defend Cora when it comes to that. He should have been out of the game after the first batter of that inning. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight. Okay, so if you want to weigh in on the decision that Cora made to let Crawford stay in that game in the seventh inning, that's on the table. Will Heimblum actually make a move? Is he actually going to wake up and see what's going on at first base and see what's going on in his bullpen? Will he actually make a move? I'm worried he's not going to do it. I'll tell you why next here on EI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 